0: the devil and I am here to do the devil's work. God is dead! Eighty-five like percent a... of the teenagers in the high school have been exposed to hardcore Satanism. Jesus wants me to live an abundant human life. So but black is the the I'm a king, man. All the eagles directly out of the bottom the of the the demons of death and hell out of the bottom of the was pretty cool. Podcast.
1: Deep below Fake Ritual Studios. World-renowned stoner occultist, Rufus Gloppy, along with his companion, Demon,
0: are cooking up something diabolical. Hey, first off, Lucas said no blood sacrifices outside. He didn't say anything about communicating with the dead, okay? So just cool it. I know that, demon. But the landlord's not gonna find out, okay? Let's just get to the task at hand. Yeah. Communicate with the occultists of the past. Accept these offerings as a gift. Help us, Dark Lord, as we seek the knowledge of those who came before us. Hello? Hello Who's there? Who's there? Greetings. I, Rufus Gloppy, have summoned thee. Oh, Rufus. Oh, Rufus. It's me, your grandfather. I haven't heard I from you in so long. Oh, hey, Grandpa. How are you? It's so cold in the oh. afterlife. Yeah, I, I did hear it gets pretty cold there. I have my lap blanket, but it doesn't seem to be doing the job as I have no legs. Uh, Floating around is quite a cold affair. Please, just talk to someone about lowering the air conditioner. I'll talk to, I'll see what I can do. So nice to hear from you. Yeah. Well, I, Grandpa, I gotta go. I, I gotta uh, organize my crystal collection. Oh well. Oh, okay. Just call your grandfather a little a little more often. It's quite boring here and, and very cold. Yeah. I I will talk to you soon. Okay. Goodbye. Damn it, demon, that's the last time we use Worthers in place of Eye of Newt.
1: Greetings, fakers, both young and old, dead and alive, or somewhere in between. And welcome to Fake Ritual, the podcast, your guide to pop culture and the occult. I am your very fake host, Lucas Sloppy. And on today's episode, I sat down with my new friend, Toddy Tondera. You may know him from Thrifty Podcast as well as Brickbody Kids on Instagram, the vintage outlet. We sat down to get to know each other for the first time. You are hearing in real time my first conversation with Toddy, and boy was it a good one. We started off with some Richard Ramirez advice, oddly enough, and get into it about thrifting philosophies, VHS do's and don'ts, as well as find out what paranormal activity Toddie grew up with. But of all the topics we get into, one of my favorite is our discussion about the children's book series as well as television show Goosebumps which inspired me to pull out my old fourth-grade notebook and read some of my very own spooky stories. But alas, I could not find the notebook, so I found something very close. I found a 2017 literary magazine written by kids for kids, sponsored by the Elmhurst Public Library. It's called Kids, Inc. And these are the winners of a scary story writing contest. Now just scrolling through this, I can already tell there are many, many gems. We have stories like the spe... the (laughs) spoot... The spoot mysterious, snowy Halloween. Also stories like a not-so-scary night. Just a... A story called Nike. Uh, but who knows, maybe I'll pull from this more later, but I just wanted to read one story here called The Spooky Night by Alexandria K of Third Grade. One day there were two sisters named Lucy and Lexi. They were playing at their home. A new babysitter was going to babysit the two girls. The babysitter's name was Sophie. Sophie arrived at the house. The babysitter said, okay, you can go now, she said to the parents. The babysitter said, now what do you want to do? Well, said Lexi, I would like to play downstairs. Okay, said Sophie. So they went downstairs and played hide and seek. First, Lucy has to hide. So they were looking for Lucy and when Lexi was looking for Lucy, she saw a skeleton on the floor. (laughs) Lexi screamed, help! And then Sophie ran and gave her a hug to make her stop screaming. But it was not Sophie. It was a witch and she was about to steal Lexi. So Lexi grabbed the witch's arm and said, stop it. So she went to a different house to scare. So then Lexi found Lucy and their mom and dad came home and now everyone is safe or maybe not the end. Actually, oddly similar to some of the stories, the mysterious stories I have in my journal. Come to think of it, if you do want to hear some of those stories, if you don't feel like waiting around for me to find my fourth grade journal, go check out episode 92 of Ghoul on Ghoul, another Pittsburgh based podcast, where I delighted Sarah and Amanda with my rendition of The Roller Coaster to Heck or something like that. Uh, but all right, now that you're
0: good and scared,
1: let's head on over to my conversation with. Toddy Tondera, but one last warning, fakers beware, you're in for a scare.
0: (laughs) I am honored
1: to be sitting here with vintage curator, podcast host, and VHS collector, Toddy Tondera. Hello,
2: Toddy. Hello, Lucas. It's very good to see you. Yes, for the behind, first time. Behind uh, computer walls with headphones on yeah. during this quarantine time. I so lo- this, is how, this is how we meet people these days. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's like I can almost reach out and touch the screen. I'm doing it right I, now.
2: <laughs> I could almost reach out and take a drink from your drink, but that's illegal, so I won't. <laughs> well, yeah, it's good to have you on the show. For sure, for sure, thank you for having me,
1: yeah, uh well, I'm gonna start the show with the usual question: what pop culture you been consuming lately?
2: what pop pop culture have I been consuming lately i I've probably been consuming um because I didn't really watch any of them until recently, but there's like probably a good nine to ten hours of serial killer documentaries that I've been watching on Netflix
1: any factoids come to mind any especially you know along occulty lines any sort of ritual killings or anything yeah fun
2: like I was uh, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners have too. I've been uh, watching while well, I watched uh, the Night Stalker with Richard Ramirez same and um, I will finish this because right away it doesn't seem like I'm going to say something not scary but I actually learned a few things from Richard Ramirez um so, okay. <laughs> so um, that I've actually put into my current life. Um, so he used to like go through windows and climb on chairs and go through windows. While I was watching that um, recently, I live a I live in an apartment and my bathroom got redone. And I'm just kind of antisocial. Don't really like to. I don't know if there's like something going on. I just kind of want to be by myself and. I have a cat, so I had to keep him kind of away because mm-hmm. they were going inside and outside the house. So what I did is I locked my cat and myself inside my bedroom, and I used my window as my door. Oh, so So, yeah. um, so they they were there for like three three four days. So I would just lock I just lock my door, and then I would climb in and out of the window. But that served two purposes because I gave me a door. And that also kept my cat locked up while I was gone. So my cat wouldn't interfere or go outside because people who work on houses, they just, all of them always have like big big clunky boots and like leaving doors open. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'll lock my boy up in here and then I'll use the window. So that's what uh, Richard Ramirez taught me in the past couple of weeks. to Just use the window. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Always a great thing when you're asked, "Uh, what you doing to respond uh, what I learned from Richard Ramirez. That's what uh. I was saying
2: as I opened this. I was just like, just hold on one second. But I did learn some things from Richard yeah. Ramirez, but obviously he was a creep and gross and all those other and things if, too. And from somebody that's at
1: least dabbled in Satanism, a bullshit Satanist. Bullshit Satanist. all cool, like uh, everybody's evil. I just do it. And it's like, no, you Mm-mm. gave into your basest instincts. That's, weak
2: and lame so well your
1: breath stinks yeah and
2: and that was like collectively and (laughs) uh collectively all the people who had been a part of richard ramirez's life in some unfortunate way or another was like he stinks Mm -hmm. he just stinks Mm -hmm. and 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 i think uh the the calling card for like a faker you know like a, a a faker is they just draw pentagrams all the time Like they love it. it. Mm -hmm. Like they love just drawing (laughs) it because if they draw it, it's like that. It's like that's what you used to do at like grade school at high school, and everybody would be like, "Oh yeah, whoa, Whoa, yeah." So he was like, "Do it, yeah, yeah, yeah." So it's like, but it's just like, oh, so he would just draw pentagrams on the walls and blood or his hands or whatever, and that's what just draw it, I guess, and it makes you a Satanist. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of fakers, great transition here because you are the host of the currently on hiatus podcast, Thrifty. Thrifty, yes. And on that show, you refer to your listeners as roaches. Yes. So before you tell me a little bit about the podcast, but also start with telling me a little bit about these roaches.
2: Yes, for sure. Um, so thrifty yeah it's it's currently on hiatus with covid um, there's there was a lot of things that uh, I still plan to do with it but I, I got busy with a couple of other things and plus it was just it was just getting to the point where it was just so stressful but um, so thrifty and you could still check it out thriftypodcast.com if not it's on iTunes and Spotify and all that but it's called thrifty and the listeners of the show we have, identified as roaches because the person that i created the show with my pal josh um he actually coined the term because we were looking through um some vinyl that he was collecting and we found like a box of like just dry rotted like boxes (laughs) and just yeah stinky old vinyl and uh We 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 both let's just say in our lives have smoked pot before, ladies and gentlemen, and folks.
1: Oh, big reveal!
2: And so he just referred to things that were damaged or like just gross, like completely roached. So this is roached, like Mm -hmm. this this vinyl record is roached. So the tracks. So the fans of the show um, were then called roaches because they were also thrifters who find roached things. And then we kind of, as time went on, it evolved, and um, a part of the canon was, too, is that uh, as we always would say, get roached, because uh, thrifters would go out and find roached items and everything like that, and we had a a, a lot of interaction there for a while, where we'd see, like, pictures of what people found, and... Mm we had a whole we had a whole thing about trolls for a while. Got real into trolls, um, witches. Uh, eventually, worms were a huge part of it. There was a lot alien of alien goo. Yeah, uh, alien Mugs. goo. A yeah. lot of weird imagery. So just basically, just dirty, rotten baby faces. And when I say baby face, that's like a uh, that's a wrestling term for a a good person. So just like. Dirty good people. (laughs) Roaches. I can dig it. Yeah, Yeah, a little
1: little self-effacing. Yeah. Uh, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Sort of like fakers, you know, kind of calling you something that would otherwise be basically a glorified poser. Yes. And you're sort of calling them glorified. Yes.
2: We all are roaches, yes. Yes. In one way or another. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, uh,
1: I did want to read here before I get into why. Thrifting Mm -hmm. and maybe your thrifting philosophy. I just wanted to read your standard quote from the beginning of thrifty episodes in that you scour secondhand stores searching for interesting Interesting artifacts. artifacts. Yeah, yeah (laughs) useful unusuals trendy trinkets cool collectibles and good garbage and That is what it's about—that is what thrifting is about. Because mm-hmm. I myself am big on thrifting. I haven't been since the pandemic started. Uh, thinking about getting back out there, masked up. But mm-hmm. why? Why a thrift diary podcast?
2: Uh, so I guess it goes back a, a little bit now. Um, I I grew up where I would say poor to relatively poor. Um, I a uh, single mom mostly. And um, I kind of spent a lot of time at my uh, grandparents' house um, because my mom worked at, if you remember, um, Ames Department Store. Do you remember Ames? (laughs) Yeah. My mom was like a lifer at Ames. And then when Ames closed, uh, she then started working at Home Depot. Shout out Home Depot heads. Uh, Yes, yes. (laughs) So anyway, so I was, uh, yeah, I had nothing to do. And I was, I guess, I was too young to be at home. So I just stayed at my grandfather's a lot. And my grandfather was a big time, uh, I I wouldn't say as much as collector as he always quote unquote, tried to keep everything like nice. So like he'd be working in the yard twice a week. He would be, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he had like a, a downstairs pool table that he would always keep like super nice. Like. So he would take me to flea markets and secondhand stuff and estate sales. And so he taught me he taught me at like a younger age that um, when you go through these flea market tables or you go through these whatever, you know, you don't want to give like a a a, a huge reaction because for example, if there's something you want to buy for twelve dollars, if you just like show up to the spot. And just be like, whoa, I've (laughs) never seen one of these. You know, they're like, well, 15. But if you're just like, eh, you know, like kind of cool, I'll do another lap and be around. You know, a lot of times people will spit spit different prices at you because at that point they're just like, oh, so I don't have them on. Because if you react big, you're hooked. You're on the line. They know it. You're blowing my mind I, right now. I've yeah. done
1: that. Like no wonder I, I'm the worst haggler because that's what I do. As soon as I get there, I'll, I'll bring
2: friends over. Look at this. Yeah. Never show your hand. Never ah, show your hand. Wow. Never show your hand. That's and a great thrifting philosophy. Never show your hand. So anyway, I learned this from a young age because I uh, yeah I I grew up deep into wrestling culture. I did a lot of. Um, I used to have my own little action figure, um, like, wrestling federation in my own head, like, Mm, all these mm -hmm. kinds of things, and um, we didn't always have the money, or really ever, to buy a bunch of wrestlers, but we did have the money to go to flea markets, and everything that was, like, the same size as a wrestler, it wrestled, so if it was the same size, (laughs) it was in the fed. (laughs) Like it it wrestled. So we, I would go with him to flea markets and walk around. So if there was any like little guys or little action figures and they were relatively the same size, they wrestled. So from an early age, I was kind of taught to, uh, to make ends meet that way. So as I got older, yeah. Um, it kind of first started out when I'd be in between jobs is that's what I would do. Um, is I would sell like spooky stuff or VHS tapes like I would like Craigslist eBay but like yeah it was kind of just like on the side thing between jobs to kind of get by and then over time I did it more and more and now I do other things <laughs> in the in, mm-hmm. in the time yeah. and thrifting is the main thing so um, a lot of when I started taking it really serious is when I started thrifty and then as thrifty went on um i i i began picking other things too um i got into uh, picking clothes and my friend shane and i we created brick body kids and now we sell vintage clothes so it's like been a whole timeline that um where it started isn't where it ended but i'm definitely glad it's 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 there um, yeah,
1: with the, you know, the Roach-Faker crossover, there is also a similarity in the fake ritual philosophy sort of being, applying to pop culture in that treasure is hidden within trash, mm-hmm. and it seems to be that that's kind of yeah. what you're all about as well. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, tell me more about trash and maybe your love of, trash. you know, these yeah. you know, other people's Whatever know, disposables, and so yeah.
2: we would uh, with Thrifty. We would what we would do is we would go to um, Goodwill outlet stores and outlet stores. Uh, the bins, yeah, the bins is most mm-hmm. call it. But basically, for those not familiar, they just bring out just donated goods in giant blue bins on wheels. You look through them, you pick through them. So you basically are digging through other people's trash. To find <laughs> cool things, and
1: with no, it's not on a rack. It's not no, presented
2: in anything. But no, a and dumpster like way. And we we found that like a lot of people, I mean, and I get it to a certain extent. Like people would do- donate their like art projects and like their sculptures they're trying to make and their puppets they've made. Like you know, just maybe. I don't know. It just they would just donate them. So we started to compile all these weird creatures. Yeah. And um, our our favorite one, I think, I think collectively was a, a witch that we got that we named Sarah the witch. And Sarah the witch was made out of uh, made out of a shower caddy, and just a bunch of hangers for that were straightened and bent different ways for hands. So the body is a shower caddy, the arms are um, hangers, <laughs> and then it's just a, a witch body over top of all that junk, and then a witch head, and you plug her in, and her head rotates back and forth. Whoa. And she came with like a wand, but over time, yeah, because it was, well, it, she was basically thrown away at the goodwill, because when we got her, she was in very bad shape already, and then for live shows, we would set her up all the time. Or if we did like stupid <laughs> bits, so by the end of that thrifty run, like she was just, yeah, just just mangled. And I, I still own her. She gets, she goes, she gets put up and then put back in the box. But eventually, I don't know what happened with one of her hands. Hands disappeared. She used to have like a wand that disappeared, and then somehow, some way, um, we did a live show here um, where where I live. We did like a DIY podcast show we did a couple of them a couple years ago Um, at some point she now has a big fat ass blunt that she carries (laughs) hello Hello. I'm R.L. Stein. I write the Goosebumps books. In a few minutes, you're going to see one of my favorite stories come alive. The Haunted Mask is a frightening Halloween story about a girl named Carly Beth. The horror begins when Carly Beth puts on the evil Haunted Mask, and it ends when she discovers there is nothing more powerful than the love of her family and friends. What's so scary about that? You'll see, viewers beware, you're in for a scare.
1: Both of us grew up thrifting, it seems. There's definitely some nostalgia wrapped up in there. And this is a good segue to a further shared love as well as nostalgic love vhs yes why why collect vhs why vhs Uh,
2: well for one it was the first entertainment media that i um had as a kid um now the first the first uh the the biggest and best memories i have is and uh, I, I was, again, like an avid wrestling fan, but we didn't buy any of the pay-per-views. Um, we just didn't. We couldn't afford them. Um, when they would come to Pittsburgh, I'd miss them. Like, it 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 was a it just sucked. Um, yeah. So my dad, who's still... So this is... My parents split up when I was 10, so this is prior to me being 10. Um, my dad used to frequent a bar down the road, and there was a gentleman by the name of George... Who was a patron at the bar and my dad's friend? Well, George and I've only had one to two conversations with him ever, and I don't—I to this day I have no idea where he is. I'm sure he's passed away because he was older then even, <laughs> yeah. so, and that was 20, 25 years ago probably. Um, and what he would what he would do is is he would tape um, wrestling pay-per-views on VHS tapes from pay-per-view pay-per-view. And pay-per-views were on Sunday. So the biggest joy I ever had as a kid is I'd be walking – home, and this is on Monday. This would be that Monday. So the pay-per-view would be on Sunday. On Monday, I would be walking home from the bus stop, and I lived on a hill. My house was at the bottom of the hill. So I could see my house like a block away from it. If there was a tape in my mailbox, I was so hyped, and I would start (laughs) running. I would start running. And so if I knew there was a pay-per-view that Monday in school, I would be like, I got, I hope George hooks me up with the tape. And sure enough, this was for about three years, I'd say three years straight. And it's a shame, um, in some ways that I still have a lot of those tapes, but over the years I taped over Ah, most of it, most of it. Um, but I started a collection because somebody basically was giving me VHS tapes. Like that's how I got VHS tapes was through this. But if you remember pay-per-views back in the, well, anything on pay-per-view back in the nineties, there was stuff before it, there was stuff after it. Mm -hmm, So a mm -hmm. lot of the times he would tape a wrestling pay-per-view for me. And then at the end of the, it was like a six hour tape, but the wrestling shows only three. So. I would get, like, all these movies I wasn't supposed to be watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, all this crazy stuff. I remember I got Species 2 in the first. Uh, oh, wow. First, like, naked body parts I've seen are, like, the sex scene where the man turns into uh, kind of an alien and yeah. impregnate, impregnates the woman instantly. Oddly and... enough, it
1: was Species 1 for me it was, like, the first naked female body i ever saw so you get it is <laughs> what you're my, saying
0: <laughs> yeah with my dad
1: yeah um and then she so, shot her tongue through the back of some dude's head so i'm glad that right. didn't like make me into a real life richard ramirez just right right
2: yeah so that's a. so i was seeing this stuff and a part of me like i knew i shouldn't be seeing it but i didn't know on what level that i should be mm-hmm. seeing it because i'm like if this is what consensual sex is then this is crazy this is like this is this is i don't i'm scared (laughs) like i'm scared of this
1: species is a weird one for any like pre-adolescent
2: but i would i would see yeah i would just see a lot of just weird weird stuff especially for that age um Related and unrelated, so yeah, so basically I had a bunch of VHS tapes, and that's how I got them was because they were on wrestling pay-per-views, and then I myself would start recording on them, you know, um, since George was like, yeah, you throw it in the VCR press record, so I was like, shit, I could be recording a bunch of stuff, so a lot of times I would watch his, I would watch the pay-per-view that he put on there, and I would take that tape, and I would record my own stuff on it. I would record, like, me and my friends playing video games on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I still have a tape in my collection to this day that was Super Smash Brothers, um, like, the original one, and my friend Zach and I playing each other for, like, um, we didn't play with any weapons, and we played, like, Iron Man, so we played, like, an hour long, no weapons, and I have just a whole tape of just one-on-one fights with, like that kind of stuff i also saw my first actual pornographic film on an old vhs tape in an abandoned house in my neighborhood yeah that's yeah that's that checks out it's either
1: abandoned houses or the woods we had a lot of woods porn just a duffel cool. bag that some mom made her husband get rid of and he just yeah the kids intercepted it at the at the
2: garbage cans and yeah we, we were we, just, went. we were just in this just neighborhood kids Um, we were just in the basement of this, the weird thing about this abandoned house. And it's still to this day. I mean, there's a lot of abandoned properties in McKeesport and that's a story for another day, but this particular abandoned house still to this day, somebody will buy it and live in it for like two, three years, and then it'll go abandoned again for two, three years. And the cycle repeats. I think currently right now, to my knowledge, I mean, since COVID, I haven't really been back to yeah that area in a while but I don't think currently anyone lives in it but that was one of the stints where nobody lived in it and there was like a convenience store right next to it so we got stuff at the convenience store and we were like let's check out this basement and it it was like it was like almost like it was like set up to do like somebody (laughs) would do it was like one of those old big box like big TVs and there was just like a blank tape and a VCR we we uh, press play and we're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> you know what it is, yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. And I, and since I saw species, I was like, hell yeah! So I <laughs> I can tell you what the next part is.
1: Yeah, like when does she rip him in half?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah, this is where yeah, it just eats her head, like eats his head.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, a VHS and a spooky one that I had growing up was the Haunted Mask of Goosebumps goosebumps Mm -hmm. fame this is also to transition to you being a huge goosebumps fan because yeah i'm a goosebumps head according to your instagram and i love this so much your instagram bio just says the part of the goosebumps theme where the dog's eyes glow yeah and i understand that completely
2: (laughs) well that was the hype that was the hype like that was like if i remember correctly it was a. it was like a yeah it would be on tv um, well, first off, I'll back up a bit. Haunted mask. When you say that, I get mad when I hear it. I, I get mad when I think about the haunted mask. Now, I love the haunted mask. It's like to it to me. It's like one of two goosebumps that are scary. Yeah, yeah. The other one is scare scarecrow walks at midnight. That mm-hmm. one's scary too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was also a Boy Scout, and I remember that I had a Boy Scout meeting the day that the haunted mask played on television. It was like an eight PM haunted mask, R L Stein haunted mask on TV. Like it was he like the fall. it.
1: Yeah. Two part.
2: Yeah. And I I had like a, a Boy Scout meeting at like six or seven o'clock. And I was like, first off, I don't even like Boy Scouts <laughs> no. whatsoever. Yeah. It's like whatsoever, like I don't like any of this like flag worship a wooden car built like it was just a but it's just weird. It's just oh, weird to boy. me. And it was then. Yeah. It was yeah. then. Um but I was so heated because like yeah, I had to go to Boy Scouts and and yes, I saw it eventually, owned the tape. I know all about it. It's not that I don't but I'm saying that original premiere, like I like to see stuff like as it's I like to see history as it's happening. <laughs> and so I didn't get to see it. So the next day in school all the kids who got to see it were oh, like, this happened, damn. this happened and I'm just like I hate this I hate you like I hate all of this but so when you said the haunted mask I was like oh no well, sorry yeah I, did,
0: I didn't
1: mean to give you like a nom flashback yeah, yeah, yeah. A nom but, flashback but oh, yeah. yeah
2: I loved Goosebumps I have have, have um, most of the original collection I mean of the books of the books mm-hmm. um, of the books and I remember where I used to buy those books too and they were like Pretty cheap, and I could afford them occasionally because they were pretty cheap. Or my grandma would throw me a fiver, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I got them. And it was like this bookstore that was like a house, but it was called Books to Go, and it was just like on the main road in my hometown. And you'd walk in there, and you'd see the goosebumps on all the shelves. Oh yeah, and I'd, be that like, color, that I'd be like, I'd be like, this is this is fucking home, Grandma. <laughs> this is home <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was.
1: Yeah, The Haunted Mask, definitely the scariest, but a lot of the show, uh, well, there was always a sense of humor mixed in there as well. But also, I was thinking about The Haunted Mask today, and this can relate to some of the other episodes, stories, uh, if you will. The Haunted Mask had this weird symbolism in it. It's like you pretend to be something as a kid Mm -hmm. in order to be seen as tough or powerful or strong, but then sort of according to this story the mask makes her scary but mm-hmm. she starts to become the monster so it definitely was scary just visually but there yeah. was something that spoke to me as a kid as someone that really wasn't like a tough guy i i didn't get bullied cuz i was too I had too much of a sense of humor like they they didn't get a reaction yeah.
2: but yeah. there
1: there is that part of me that sort of fears maybe something that you pretend to be in order to
0: mm-hmm.
1: gain uh gain power mm-hmm. uh, yeah did you what what was it about the goosebumps as a kid um, that made you be like yeah this is this is for me
2: well to continue on that too the haunt the, the haunted masses is is, is kind of one of those two and as somebody that i believe i've seen all the episodes of goosebumps i'm almost sure but i can't absolutely be certain but the haunted mask is like one of the only ones i would say with kind of a deeper perspective of it and maybe it's because it was one of the first bangers to hit because as Mm -hmm. i mentioned it was like on tv it was like a quote unquote like must see kids thing yeah so i don't know if once that success hit it was just like well let's just kind of just go from the book for the other ones or whatnot um but with, with goosebumps is um i think partly because of that it and and this is kind of like a corny answer but like i just wanted to watch something or to get into something that like um not that goosebumps was bad in any way but like that my parents didn't know about Mm -hmm. or like um i was I, i mentioned to you before like my dad was really into sports and he forced me into every sport possible and um it i i and generally to to this day i like sports because of it like i watch sports but i'm saying that's why but i wanted to do something different that like mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't hear from my parents so it wasn't like a rebellious thing as much as it's like i just i just wanted to do my own thing so that stuff was pretty cool hello, hello.
0: This is Grandpa Gloppy. I'm being summoned to read something. You're listening to Fake Ritual, the podcast, your guide to pop culture and the occult. What's a podcast?
2: So my house, um, was haunted. I don't know if you know that. Okay. <laughs> so I, uh, so, so growing up, um, weird things would happen in the house. Um, yeah, just, just your typical stuff, your typical doors opening, doors closing, um, the attic above me. it I, it always sounded like somebody was up there.
1: Okay. Any coal, any temperature changes? All,
2: all the, all the tropes, yeah. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the top of the stairs outside of my bedroom always felt really weird, uh, extremely weird. And this is before I heard of anything. This is this is completely. I don't know anything about the house yet. The top of the stairs was always so weird. It felt like when I was a child, every time I was going down it, that something was kind of like behind me. Ugh, so. Yeah most nights I would run down the stairs not really up for whatever reason but it felt like when I was going like something was yeah just something and then one day and this is also again before I talk with my mom about anything I thought I had saw a man at the top of the stairs with a top hat um wearing a top hat of some form um the only reason why I know that it was a top hat is because Yeah, it was shaped like a top hat, but below the top hat was just kind of like a a, a man, and it was, like, real faded. Like, say you would draw, well, say you would paint a watercolor painting of a man in a top hat, and then maybe... uh, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, (laughs) and then throw, like, water on it. So it was like, Mm -hmm. you're like, I think I see what this is trying to be. But you could tell that it's a hat, though, because, like, there's no, it's a black thing. Um... And I went and I told my mom, I'm like, I think I like, like, I think I'm looking like currently I'd like, I think I, I think I'm looking at something currently, like right now. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, Oh, at the top of the stairs. And I was like, yeah. And she was just like, well, just tell them that you're okay. Just tell them you're okay. Like, just tell them to go away. And I was like, whoa what what (laughs) like yeah you've crossed in like yeah and and she was just like yeah she's like just kind of you got to tell them you're okay and like it'll be cool
1: Mm. and i was like
2: oh fuck i just aged five years like and i don't (laughs) i don't particularly remember us getting into big detail that day because i have i have an older sister who still to this day is like deathly afraid of like tons of stuff so like all this ghost stuff was never talked about in front of my sister but she did know about it so we kind of knew about it separately kind of um so one day yeah i was just like so what's up with the house and my mom says that um so it was my mom and dad my older sister and me um moved into the house and i was like a baby well the people who had moved out Um, I I think the story was the 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 man who lived there had passed away so the family moved out well the family had a two young children that matched my sisters Mm -hmm. and I ages so the thought process was that this man was used to live in that house and now he's a ghost and My mom would say he would come back to check on us to make sure that we were okay um Hmm. she has told me that she has witnessed me being tucked in by the ghost like in bed yeah like conversating with a person and then tucking me in and it wasn't it wasn't anyone i knew now i don't particularly remember that but well i was i'm talking like four or five years old yeah yeah like i don't remember anything from that then um then my mom said that my sister would see the person behind her when she would look in a mirror or like when <laughs> she would look at a window and one yeah. thing about that is i do remember and i'm not and i don't remember knowing why but my sister would always cover her mirror with a towel and the windows with a towel Wow. and i remember it for sure i remember yeah. it because like yeah. yeah obviously i'd make fun of her all the time duh i'm like like a little kid mm-hmm. um and it the story kind of grew from there. Um, my mom had told me that once she figured out what was going on, that she had invited the daughter back from the previous, that the kids that used to live there and the daughter was a little older now. So the daughter I believe was an adult at that point. And my mom had the daughter come back and say like, hey, it's, I, it's, I'm actually your kid, I don't live here now, <laughs> I'm fine. And that seemed to calm it down quite a bit. Um, from then on, I always out. gotta
1: wonder what's going on in the ghost's mind.
2: Right, right. So as all this stuff was kind of going on and developing as a kid, obviously, then I became more interested in like this this spooky stuff. Now I kind of mm-hmm. already was, as I mentioned, because I was like, I just kind of wanted to do my own thing and get into stuff yeah. that I thought that yeah, my parents didn't know anything about and then my yeah, mom, and horror stuff is an outsider's game sure and then so my as my mom was talking to me about this stuff i'm like oh word i think you actually okay so we could actually have like probably mutual conversations about this because i know mm-hmm. and so yeah so then we would watch goosebumps together um oh cool <laughs> yeah and so we would watch goosebumps on tv um those vhs tapes that i mentioned yeah i would a lot of the times, used those wrestling VHS tapes that George would make for me, and I would tape Goosebumps episodes on. Oh um, yeah! I just came across one the other day that has the episode called "Vampire's Breath" on it. Um, that I taped, and and basically, that that's a real tall tale one. That's kind of a real fun one. Um, it's just basically yeah, I don't remember that one. Yeah, it's basically two ki- and and you know, Goosebumps are so short that like that you have to kind of get through the 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 meat and potatoes of the plot like in the first three minutes so everything is like super rushed but vampire breath is basically kids go into the basement they find like a secret passageway and at the end there's a coffin and they open it up and it's like a vampire and apparently the vampire is somehow related to them and then they get stuck down there and then there's like another girl vampire that's stuck in the basement and um basically they get out at the end and like the kids tell their parents like yo like there's some vampire stuff in the basement and then they're like oh we're like super well aware of that like we Mm -hmm. are we are we are vampires and then their teeth grow and they're like you're vampires and and they're like yes and it's your 13th birthday today and they were like yeah because they were twins the kids they're like well basically when you hit puberty you get your teeth So the moment it struck midnight and it was their 13th birthday, their teeth grew. And then that was like the end of the episode. So it was just like a family of vampires type thing.
1: I still think that speaks to my point earlier that there is this weird, like that. I I hear that and I'm like, oh, that's kind of playing, one, the fear of basements, obviously, but also uh, fear of creepy family members. Yeah, that's a well. I <laughs> and becoming your
2: family. Are you your family? Are you? Once I realize uh, that what I'm about to say. Once I realize this, I realize what Goosebumps was and what the idea is. Every adult in the TV show Goosebumps, especially some sometimes in the book, but every adult in the in Goosebumps, the TV show, acts like a ghost. They act like mm. a ghost, like how a ghost acts. That's how they act every adult like and when i say a, how do you mean like like the trophy stuff like they're kind of like
1: yeah they're kind of there's they're like just ephemeral they're, they're not quite there yeah there's a like disassociated always
2: seems like there's a a pane of glass yeah. between the children and the adult and they're always not forthcoming or they're always a little weird or they're always yeah they like they like talk in a manner of just like like yeah they just it, they just give off a a, a ghostly aura And it just taught me to be afraid of adults, so that worked. (laughs) Yeah.
1: This also brings me to something I wanted to talk about. Uh, The difference between Goosebumps and the Nickelodeon show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Good topic. Often compared and contrasted, but I really was thinking before this episode, what is the difference? And that is at least one I feel— or. To my point earlier, it is. I feel that Goosebumps is a little more symbolic, a little more playing with actually the fears of children. Mm -hmm. Are you afraid of the dark? A little more, just kind of adult scary stories for kids. Yeah, Uh, and also the uh, like you're saying, the adults in Goosebumps are definitely separated from the
2: children. And I think, whereas, yeah, I think like another good way of looking at the adults in the they all just seemed like like local. And they probably were like local Canadian theater actors, just local Canadian theater actors that would perform on Goosebumps as if it was like a theater, a person in theater would perform. So that's that was like the adult or I'm like, y'all just act like ghosts. And some of them were. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So always that reveal. Like, yeah. The what monster's blood yeah is that what the, yeah where oh my librarian's a, a monster and the parents are like yeah we're monsters too we're gonna eat that monster
2: yeah like yeah and the monster's blood would get everywhere and everything would grow like oh
1: yeah or oh, i was thinking of uh the girl who cried monster yes is the one i was yeah thinking we're of.
2: all monsters yep yes
1: but then yeah are oh, you afraid of the dark has more you have characters like dr vink Mm-hmm. uh and these recurring characters sardo
2: accent on no the mister dough.
1: yeah accent on the Doe. uh-huh but they're sort of uh i don't know it just felt a little more i guess adult mm-hmm. like to watch it now and this is probably an oversimplification and argue argue the point by all means i feel are you afraid of the dark holds up at least by horror standards better than Fair. *Goosebumps*. I- as far as scary there's more scary yeah. episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, there's plenty of stinkers as well. Yeah, but Goosebumps, like we were saying, Haunted Mask, Scarecrow. Well, the other it was ones are a little more goofy, weird, strange,
2: yeah. odd, strange stories rather yes. than ta- like ghost tales. Well, I think in and I believe, yeah, I think that is correct. Also, my because I watched both growing up for sure. Growing up, both I was, Canadian. Um yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. And I was more I was more afraid of Are You Afraid of the Dark for sure. For sure. Um there is two subtle things that made me more afraid of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Are You Afraid of the Dark was on at night. That's yes. a big one. So on during SNCC. Yeah, good, it was on for a good and, while. Saturday and, night Nick. And Goosebumps was on like 10 AM, you know, yeah, like it was. Fox or whatever. Um, and so to me, I mean, it probably meant nothing, but I, to me, like when you're presenting, if you want to talk about horror or children's horror or young adult horror, like if it's 10 o'clock outside, right. I'm, and I'm watching goosebumps, right. I'm not afraid of what I can't see kind of, cause I could just open the blind and that's fine. But if you're watching, if you're a kid and you're watching something <laughs> in the dark, the show is called. Are you afraid yeah. of the dark? And, and it was on intro. A- that was number two. Yes, that was number two. <laughs> so the intro to "Are You Afraid of the Dark"? The opening credits and the opening credits to Goosebumps. Yeah, fucking different. Yeah. Oh 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 Yeah. And like. Yeah, and then are like yeah Goosebumps had like a mysterious man with a briefcase. Wind comes and his paper goes everywhere. This G like you know. And the, exactly, the dog
1: glowing eyes, yeah. the dog
2: like, yeah, you know it's lit when that dog's eyes glow. Mm-hmm. That's what would get me hype. And, then, and a, yeah, are you afraid the dark sky? A, a boat,
1: a, a, a <laughs> rocking in the water, yeah, a yeah, swing just like an empty, empty swinging in a it, it uh-huh. oh, and in shallow water,
2: uh huh, and like a, a swing match strike. Mm-hmm. <sighs> wow. So those were those were exactly the two things. Which I think, now, do I think Are You Afraid of the Dark? The show was scarier than Goosebumps? Yes. But I also think it was the precedent that Are You Afraid of the Dark? hmm Because, again, it was on at night. And they, and they told you, whether it was scary or not, they told you it was scary. It's a scary thing. You're watching scary things. Well, you also get the
1: Midnight Society. The setup is kind of yeah. telling you these are scary stories around a fire, something that can tie you to them.
2: You're right. Not-
1: just watching a TV right. show, you're around the fire,
2: with, right? With right. So it's it's a tale. This is mm-hmm. the tale yes. of, and you know they throw the thing on the it's fire, magnesium
1: or whatever. Yeah. Every yeah. time I get some of that that fun fire powder that'll change yeah. the colors, you gotta say submit it for your approval.
2: Submitted for your, your approval the for the Midnight Society yeah. and just do that. <laughs> and so I think I think a lot of it was on purpose how they did it, and then a lot of it wasn't. But again, like. Even even now, like as a as like an adult, like I watch a scary movie, and if you watch a scary movie home alone at ten a.m. or if you watch a scary movie home alone at ten p.m., um, the after effects of whatever spook oh, you're yeah. watching, yeah. like I you know I could watch like a very scary thing, and if it's done at noon, I'm like, well, time for lunch, I suppose. Well, yeah, if I got to get my clothes out of the dryer in the basement right no big deal right i got homework you know because it's a saturday goosebumps i maybe i got homework that i'm obviously not going to do but i'm saying i do have it and are you afraid the dark was like no all that's over the day is over it is nighttime sit down you're about to be spooked and a lot of them were spooky a lot of them were spooky
1: well toddy thanks for being on the show
2: yeah it was cool um the, uh, I'm glad I had the opportunity to do it. I've, I've definitely wanted to do it. Um, you're a cool guy. You're into cool things and the show's very good. Right back at obviously. you. Yeah. When
1: you first reached out, I have to admit I was slightly Pittsburgh starstruck.
2: So, wow. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> uh, well, obviously don't. <laughs> do that he liked the show. <laughs> well, obviously uh, yeah, uh, no, don't do that with me for sure. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I'm just—I'm an idiot. Don't worry. Well,
1: <laughs> let's get some other people starstruck by you. What do you got going on? What? How can the fakers, uh, yes, become a little roachified? Where do they find come? Um,
2: so, what I'm currently uh, working on, um, semi full time, is I kind of mentioned a little bit before. Now with thrifting, uh, I, with the podcast, everything like that, it's my ultimate. Uh, idea behind it was somehow to work in in the field of some form whether it's the podcasting field because of what I do or the the thrifting field so what uh, my friend Shane and I Shane Becker um, we developed uh, a a vintage uh, we're both vintage curators for Brick Body Kids Um, and you could follow us at at Brick Body Kids on Instagram at Brick Body Kids on Depop, we were also on eBay at Brick Body Kids, and we sell uh, yeah like uh, '80s, '90s vintage clothes, um, some athletic gear, some just really cool stuff. Um, we we had some X Files T-shirts recently, vintage X Files T-shirts, oh, yeah. all over prints that were very very cool, and so we have stuff like that. We have spooky stuff sometimes. Sometimes you'll just see on the account that I post some stuff from my video game collection or my VHS collection. Yeah, I'm looking
1: at the the most recent post. Yeah, beautiful shelf yeah, from VHS. But,
2: and and so basically, yeah, we sell vintage clothes or some clothes that are out of the ordinary that you couldn't pick up from a box store. But we, yeah, so we, we find clothes and, and present them to you. And we try to put something on the Instagram for sale every day. Now, um it's, we try to the, the, the item, uh, price range. We, we do try to keep it is, um, as affordable as possible. Some pieces are just naturally, honestly. Yeah, they're worth yeah. money. So we do ask that, but we, we try to put a lot of affordable goods on there too. So you don't just open it up and you're just like, Oh, look at all these cool things that, yeah, they're, they're nice to look at. So we have yet yeah, hoodies, t-shirts, all kinds of stuff that we try to do, and that's kind of the main thing that I'm working on now. Obviously, Thrifty at Thrifty Podcast on Instagram. Um, that's how we kind of know each other yes. from that kind of that kind of field, and and doing that, I had a lot of fun with that. Great back um, catalog, check it out,
1: Fakers. You will not be disappointed. Yeah. If you like this show, you will like that show.
2: Yeah. So get right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Get mm-hmm. roached. So yeah but yeah those are the main two things that that i'm working on right now but there's always something that i will do or won't do who knows (laughs) hell yeah well fakers make sure you follow
1: us on facebook and instagram at fake ritual on twitter at fake ritual blog uh visit us at www.fakeritual.com hasn't been updated in a while but give me those hits Also, email us at fake.ritual.inc at gmail.com. And send us spooky stories or anything worth reading, we will read on the air. So maybe that'll be incentive to get some of that. Also, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get this stuff. Toddy, do you want to join Mm -hmm. me in hitting the fakers with a go fake yourselves?
2: Sure, sure, sure. Give me a
1: countdown. We'll do a little three, two, one. Go
2: fake yourselves.
1: Thanks again for listening. The show is written and produced by me, Lucas Sloppy. The intro was provided by Will Marshall, with music in part by Johnny Arlett. Now I hope you aren't too scared to go to bed, but if you are, just remember, the monsters aren't real,
0: they're fake.